Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you may be listening. This is Mike Hess. Welcome back to Choose Inclusion. I am here today with uh, my amazing co-host, Nina and Ubaldo. Good good morning, good evening, guys. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. I yes. just came back from a four-day vacation, so I'm, I'm ready for this conversation. Yes. I'm excited about it. Welcome back. Nina is fired up, uh, as we are, too. I... Uh, our, our guest today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is an amazing woman that I started to really, um, I, I, start, I, I really liked her posts, period. I, I thought they were thoughtful. She was talking about, uh, you know, branding to be inclusive with uh, the broader people with disabilities community. And I just, I, I, again, not many people are out there even talking about that. So I, uh, I started uh, following, started reaching out, and uh, we are joined today by uh, Miss Jordan Saunders, who is the CEO and founder of the Resource Key. Jordan, hi, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I am doing well. I am just excited. I've been looking forward to this all week, and I am excited that you all have this space um, to be able to have conversations like this, and I'm excited to be on to talk with you all. Well, uh, we I, I'd love to get um, the ball rolling with just a little bit about your background. So before we, we have so many really fun topics, but I want I want our audience to kind of find out what got you to this space. Yes. So that is a great question. So I grew up in the South. Uh, I was born in Atlanta and grew up in North Carolina. And, you know, one of the things that my, our parents always taught um, my brother and my sister was the fact of whenever you're in life, whatever stage, you always have the opportunity to build. So I always had this like builder's mindset, I guess, growing up because, you know, the dreams were unlimited and my parents always instilled that in us. And I think that has just gone with me and allowed my growth as well. Uh, I majored in speech language pathology and I'll never forget. Uh, I also have a background in, in, I grew up in the gymnastics world, a competitive gymnast. And I'll never forget when I was in grad school, I was standing in the motor room and they have all of this like equipment where we would go and do speech therapy for some of our internships. And they had a beam and mad and all of these different things. And at that moment, I thought, wow, this would be incredible to incorporate speech therapy and gymnastics. Or how can we make sure that children with disabilities are included within gymnastics programs because there's not just the gymnastics piece, but there's so many opportunities for inclusion, learning, all of these different things. And that I would say kind of started my journey because from there, I felt that I went back to my childhood of this builder's mindset because nothing was really out there talking about this conversation. And I, you know, did a lot of things for USA Gymnastics. I presented and, and wrote articles and presented uh, incorporating children with gymnastics into gymnastics and helping, I'm sorry, incorporating children with disabilities into gymnastics and help to build programs and help gyms to be more inclusive. And I would say that is pretty much my journey and how I continued because 
I feel like from there, I just continued building programs and building out and being a thought leader and always thinking forward based on the present. We've had a lot of guests who have had the fortune of being raised, whether it was with a disability or, or a challenge or, or some something else, but who who were never taught that that was going to limit them. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you know, it, it's just part of their life. Right. It's, it's, it's like anything else. And um, I just think, I, I just love that. And I think, you know, there's, there's not enough of that going around. And I think that especially at, at, at work, right. It, it, we don't treat everyone the same, or we don't embrace them for the different things that they're bringing to the table. And it's always about excluding based on a disability or whatever. And, and um, so I just, I don't know, I, I, I wish we could get that out there more, you know what I mean? And, and I think, um, you know, one thing we had talked about prior to, the, prior to recording was the, the ableist language, right? And, and how that type of language can can hold us back from, from really moving forward. I, I'd love to talk about that. Like, what's your, what are your thoughts on that, Jordan? Yes. Yeah, so my thoughts on that is a lot of times we get so stuck. Words are definitely important and, and, and they're very powerful and they can be used to make changes in a positive way, or it can be in a negative way. But at the same time, I think if we're using that same builders mentality, it's, for me, I look at it, are we building relationships in order to get to know people to understand like, oh, this person finds this word offensive or this person is okay with using that, with me using this word because it's a part of, you know, their identity or who they are. So I think there's these different discrepancies and also too, just depending on the setting you're in, you know, there's different words that are more acceptable in certain settings than maybe in a different setting. Um, I know we were talking about the word blind spot and how in the disability community that is an ableist, you know, that's ableist language. It could be offensive to someone with um, a disability where when we're talking about race, that could be something that is used to drive change because it's talking about people that may have a blind spot, it prevents them from seeing their own racism. So I think that's why it's super important to, number one, build relationships, have these conversations, not just within your own space, but kind of listening and, and opening up outside of your own network that you're comfortable with. Because a lot of times that's when we're going to see more talking and, and more of these conversations that are not just in these comfortable spaces. I, um, we stay in comfortable spaces sometimes because it's safe and, and that makes sense. Um, but for me, my perspective is we have to kind of, I find I learn the most when I go outside of my comfort zone, when I'm cross collaborating outside of spaces that maybe I'm not usually in or when I'm talking to people um, that have completely different backgrounds than me. Um, I, and I, I think that's important. Um, when we're talking about language, it's important that we're understanding that behind this, 
language and the words that we're using, there's there's people that we're talking to. Um, you know, there's relationships that we could be building. There's also intent behind the words that we were using. Um, if you are using a word, what is your intent behind it? Why did you, you know, why are you saying this word versus another word? You know, maybe that's how you grew up. And, and that's a conversation to be had, you know, oh, I grew up using this word. I am sorry that it's offensive to you. Um, thank you for sharing this, you know? So I think when we create these spaces, not just in our safe comfort zones, but just out in the world, I think having a space where you're building relationships really helps to be able to start to have these conversations so that we're not possibly offending people. But we shouldn't get so stuck that we're not moving forward with actions and continuing to engage, even if someone may find something offensive, you can still acknowledge the fact that, you know, you apologize, um, you're going to do better, and then you continue move forward. Don't stop just because, you know, someone said something was offensive. Engage, you know, delve in deeper, and then continue to, to do the important work that's needed to be done. Yeah, I think, gosh, I really, I love um, everything you said about it. Cause I think I, I've experienced that too, Jordan, where like, I'm, I'm very intentional about the language I use. And, um, and you know, I, I really try to think a lot about intent versus impact. Um, and just, be, just because your intent is good, doesn't make it hundred percent okay. What's really important is to recognize the impact, but then also don't let that stop the conversation from moving forward, recognize it, address it, and then move forward. It shouldn't be a, a you know a way to, to mute someone or you know stop someone from being able to continue um, you know understanding, learning, and then changing with that language. So I think that's really important. And and Mike and I have talked about ableist language a lot. I feel like I've asked him on three separate occasions now his thoughts about using the term blind spot um, or someone you know, someone being colorblind or, you know, things like that. Cause in the, when it comes to the racial equity conversation, being colorblind is a, a term that gets dropped around a lot. Personally really frustrates me when I hear that term, but uh, you know, Mike, w what did those conversations look like whenever you and I engaged in those? Uh, frustration, stubborn pushback. Uh, on whose part? Know, on my part or your part? <laughs> on, on on my part, you know. So because I, you know, like my there, there's uh, uh, you know, thinking of the language that I use, you know, I um, uh, like I know for me personally, like when I hear blind spot, right? Like so, it's I I grew up even though I'm blind, like I grew up knowing that in a car as you're driving. There's, you know, people say, I've, this is my blind spot, right? Like, so I, I've been brought up around some language that, uh, you know, for me, I, I don't get so like, so in, in being blind, like I know, I know, I know when I'm being um, kind of uh, demeaned. I know when I'm being uh, discriminated against it's yes, it's language, but it's more than language. It's, it's uh, like, you could, you could feel it. Um, I can hear it. It's, it's, it's way more than language. And so for me, I've always been a little bit sensitive to like, okay, let's, you know, listen to not just the words, right? And of course, I'm not able to see the body language about that. But I, so I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm a little more sensitive to, you know, like what you're talking about, Jordan is like, you know, okay. And you too, Nina, but like, let's just not stop the conversation here. It's, it's uh, let's, let's take all of the context in place so we can continue to have the conversations and, and, and they're, they're completely because of choose inclusion. I have, I used to use the term and I never knew this until our podcast, like call a spade a spade. I didn't realize how, how freaking negative that was until the podcast. And so I hadn't been taught that yet. And so now I'm like, okay, so instead of using that, what I mean to say is, you know, it is what it is, right? Like, so help, once I know that there are certain pieces of language that really had a negative intent um, that I had no idea, like for me, it sounded uh, I thought it was a deck of cards because I grew up uh, with my, you know, being, a, being when I could see, I could play cards. And so I thought that's what it was. I didn't, I didn't know. And so, uh, so this, all this language stuff is just fascinating to me. But for me, I, 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 I recognize like how much of my programming uh, comes into it as well. So the, so the stubbornness is all for me, Nina. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm known as a pretty stubborn person myself. So <laughs> whoa, <laughs> as our whoa. listeners might've <laughs> gathered. <laughs> we all are so, right <laughs> Jordan I mean Jordan I got a question for you though because like one of the things we talked about was kind of the intersectionality piece of this right like there's there's ableism language but you know there's a direct impact on how when we're thinking about our language thinking about ableism language there's a direct impact on intersectionality and other marginalized communities can you talk about that and how that impacts those conversations yeah, so I think so many times when we're talking about anything related to diversity, inclusion, equity, we're having conversations that are very like isolated. There's not a lot of, okay, we're talking about um, someone with um, that is a black and someone that has, they have a disability as well, like a black disabled person. You know, you're not, we're not having these conversations about how all of these different things impact the person um, in different ways or have more of an impact. You know, we're talking about things, okay, well, let's talk about race. And then over here in another boardroom, let's talk about disability. And then in another room, let's talk about, you know, so there's all of these separate conversations that are happening and we're not talking about it from like you brought up intersectionality. And I think that's really important because that goes back to just, you know, more of these deeper conversations and realizing that even when we talk about intersectionality, it's also important to talk about in different settings, all of this stuff looks different, you know, in the work setting, in this in the school, when you go to the grocery store, when you are in different environments, like how does all of this impact and, and how can we um, kind of work together where we're not just working together in one space, where we're working together as a whole. And I always like to talk about like cross collaboration because of the fact that like, that's kind of moving out of your comfort zone. You're, you're going in a different space than you're typically not. Um, when I look at and think about intersectionality, you know, we have all of these different layers of just related to identity and, you know, how maybe different things growing up have affected you as a person. Um, 
having being black and maybe if you have are are deaf you know and you're if you're a male going driving and and being pulled over by the police like how does that impact you okay someone pulls you over you're not able to hear what someone is saying in the midst of all of these things that are going on when we talk about like black lives matter and and all of this stuff how is this impacting you in terms of what should I do first? You know, oh, I should probably, I have to write something down on a piece of paper so they don't think I'm being, um, you know, resisting or, or whatever it is because they don't know that I'm deaf. And I'm also a black man. So, you know, all of these different things, we're not having these conversations. We're having, I would say, more iso- isolated conversations in the sense when we talk about diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I think it has to be talked about more as a as a whole and instead of um separating all of these different things apart um because for for some people's reality it is uh, as a whole like this is who they are uh and and so i think that's that's really important when we talk about intersectionality i i love this jordan and i and i i so much of the posts i see you do um and this is this is really the aim to me with Resource Key. You're helping organizations with their branding um, from an inclusive perspective. Are you not? And talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you are working, you know, to kind of help uh, identify, you know, branding from that uh, true inclusion kind of lens. Yes. So at the Resource Key, we work in the sense of it's an inclusive digital agency. So supporting businesses, marketing departments. So it's in the area of inclusive and accessible social media management, workshops and trainings, uh, inclusive creative photography, and also to maybe in the form of if there's already a marketing department in place, then we're working with the team to kind of provide them this information about, all right, so you've, in inclusion, you have that inclusion piece, but there's also the accessibility piece that's left out of the conversations when we're talking about, um, you know, social media. Are you including captions on your videos? Are you including alternative text? Um, so it's it's really what we're doing is is educating to make brands more, you know, stronger brands, more impactful, more sustainable. Um, in terms of diversity, inclusion, and also, you know, accessibility is is super important. Another piece that I think is really important with the resource key is we have um, a team of community experts, and they provide resources based on their lived experiences um, with different disabilities about inclusion and accessibility in the community. And what's unique is the fact of all of them are different in different industries and have all a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of talent. And so whenever I am, you know, doing some type of speaking engagement or maybe a workshop, I always try to align whatever industry it is with um, if community experts are available, I'll say, hey, you know, are you available for this workshop? And I'm always, you know, trying to align and share the stage so that we're working together and, and cross collaborating and aligning it with you know, the industry because I think uh, people are able to digest information sometimes more when it is aligned with a starting place of what they're familiar with. And when you're talking about industries, it's aligned with you know, content that they may be familiar with in order to have a starting place 
to go and, and provide more information that's layered on that they may not be as familiar with. Um, and, and so they are, the community experts are, are amazing. And it's, I learned so much from them. We learned together and we've built incredible relationships and all of them, you know, are doing, some of them have their own businesses or work for different companies, but we all work together to educate um, the community about inclusion and accessibility as it relates to branding. Well, and, and kind of speaking about branding, um, what was interesting to me about something you said before we hit record was, you know, branding for social impact. And um, at least that's what I interpreted. But I, th that's an interesting concept to me. What is your what are your thoughts on branding or rebranding, even as a company who was started with, you know, not even any kind of social impact mission or priority in mind? Is it possible for organizations to rebrand and, and sort of shift in that direction? Yes, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of times we think in, in bigger scale, like, oh, we have to roll out this new, all of these big initiatives. But I think there's there's small ways that, you know, brands can work to make social impact. You know, I always say, hey, bring some disability like leaders into your business to talk about, you know, hire them and, and, and talk about some of the things that um, their knowledge as it relates to your industry and, and how they can make more of an impact. Um, you know, you can partner with some different organizations for whatever it may be, it doesn't have to be in months where it's disability awareness or all of these different months where a lot of times you see campaigns or things rolling out. I think it's it's wonderful, it's a, it's a great start, but we also have to understand we don't have to wait for these big moments for something to happen. We can do it today and, and in the smallest ways or the biggest ways, you know. So I think um, when we're talking about social impact and, and as it relates to branding, we brands when you have a brand i think a lot of times companies think okay logo image you know what is our mission all of these different things but a lot of times we're not thinking what impact can we make with whatever it is you know that we're trying to do and it can be something small um as well as bigger things but if you're not doing anything it's it's and not you know, opening yourself up to how can we make an impact, then, you know, I think that's where we just have to kind of have that internal dialogue of like, what is the purpose of what we're trying to do um, now? I think it's important to have those check-in points to be able to see how can you, you know, change, make changes to bring about change. Jordan, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. And um, where can people find you to to help them with their branding and all and all the great work that you're doing with uh, companies? Yes. Yeah, so theresourcekey.com. You can go there. I'm also on LinkedIn, Jordan Saunders um, with Jordan with a U, J-O-U-R-D-A-N. Uh, and yeah, I think. That's pretty much where you can find me. LinkedIn, I'm on a good amount. And also you can go to my business website. 
Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, I think we've all learned a lot and, you know, hopefully uh, people will take um, some kind of tactics out of this to be able to start having better conversations moving forward and also really think through what are the things that companies can be doing to build more inclusive uh, spaces. So thank you, Jordan, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. And thanks for uh, not only what you do, but how you're doing this. I I love the how of what you're doing. So uh, thank you, Jordan. And uh, uh, on our road trip, we will absolutely swing by. You're in the uh, D.C. area, if I remember right. Yes, please yeah. stop by. <laughs> absolutely. So thank you so much, Jordan. And thank you to our listeners. Um, as usual, go to our website to catch all of our podcasts, chooseinclusion.com. And we will uh, see you all and hear from you all and all that good stuff next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.